your body's thinking it's doing a good thing and you're like body like what are you doing to myself like you're really causing a lot of chaos and a lot of harm to it hello 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 welcome to the oh my allergies podcast this is your hostess with the mostest valencia and if you are new here the oh my allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies whether you have food allergies seasonal allergies skin allergies or even your pet has allergies oh my allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together Welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast. If you're new here, I am Valencia. Very nice to meet you. And if you are not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, iHeartRadio, pretty much any platform you can listen to podcast on we're on it. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also make sure you take the time to leave us a rating and review. Hopefully that rating is five stars and that comment and being able to leave that review really just helps us being able to grow our community and be able to reach new peeps. Also, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is at ohmyallergies. My Instagram is at ohmyvalencia. And just keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and people you don't know. So in today's episode, I thought it would be really cool to do like this deep dive into a term and symptom that's just commonly associated with allergies, and that's inflammation. I feel like inflammation is a term that you hear a lot about about for a lot of different chronic conditions and health conditions as a whole but I think it would be really interesting to just look at it from the lens of allergies like if you've ever dealt with like a pollen allergy and you've had this feeling of not being able to breathe out of your nose well that's inflammation doing that to you or if you've ever dealt with like your throat closing up during an allergic reaction to a food allergy or even to a non-food related allergy that's inflammation doing that to you. So with that being said, I thought it would be interesting to just learn what inflammation is and really the role that inflammation plays when it comes to both seasonal allergies as well as food allergies. So before we get into the meat of today's episode, you guys know I got to talk about what's been going on with me. What's been going on with me? Well, I have been watching the uh, softball tournament situation with Athletes Unlimited. They do like this brief stint of softball throughout the summer. And so have been really watching that because they've actually been airing the games on television instead of just having it where the games are like going on. And it's like, oh, you just had to be there to see what was going on. So I think it's because like there's been like a growing demand for people wanting to see softball a lot more often, especially like on television. So it's really been really cool seeing it being able to get like the recognition that it deserves. Also, which was really cool this past weekend, they were playing on ESPN, the Junior League uh, softball 
which is a part of like Little League, which I didn't even know Little League softball like existed. So I was like, oh my goodness, like this is so cool for like the little kitties to be able to like play and like have like their shot at like a like women's college world series type of thing, but for the little kids. So that was cool seeing that. I think for those, those are like girls aged like like they're kind of like towards the end of middle school and kind of like early ages of high school. So it was really interesting to kind of see like even though in the game, like in terms of like technique and things like that, definitely you could see um, that there's a mass difference between the girls at like that type of the age versus when they actually enter college. So it's really interesting to kind of see like the iteration of like how a softball player can grow so much within the course of like a few years. So I thought that was really cool to being able to see that game play out on ESPN. It was so cool. Um, also what I've been watching a lot lately is Love Island USA. That show has been my jam. Most recently, they just got done with finishing Casa Amor, which is when they open up a new villa and there's going to be new girls that are going to be on it. And the guys go and move into Casa Amor. And then while the guys are gone, they bring in new guys for the girls to stay at the villa. And it's really just a point in the show where they are trying to see what relationships will stand the test of time or whose heads could get turned really easily. So that was really, really interesting seeing them be in Casa Amor for, I think, like, three days I think it was like three or four days and it was so interesting because some people thought that they wanted to try a new relationship but then when everyone came back to the villa and people were deciding whether they were going to stay in their current couple or go single or go explore a new relationship and then when everybody was there people were like oh no like I want to go back to my old couple and then it was just like okay well where was this energy when you were at your respective villa and it's just hectic but it's definitely very very interesting it's definitely keeping me very very entertained but I've just been liking this season overall, like just so much better. Like I feel like people are there for like the right reasons. I feel so cliche. I feel like I'm on like The Bachelor or like The Bachelorette. They're there for the right reasons. But I really truly feel like they are. And it just makes the show like that more enjoyable to watch. So really I've been into that show. Been watching The Bachelorette, even though that's just been just a mess after mess after mess but here I am I'm still watching the mess so don't really have too many updates for that um I've been getting more into reading lately so I'm really excited about that um and then I've been getting back into my like sleep meditations because I've definitely felt a difference and when I don't do them as I talked about on the podcast before um so I'm really trying to get right back into it because I've just not been having the best quality of sleep I have a Fitbit so like I will look at my sleep and look at the little like sleep charts that they have like within the app and being able to like track that like I am a hardcore like tracker for my sleep because I like to be able to know whether I'm getting my eight hours or not um so definitely want to get better at improving that and being able to just improve my overall health as a whole especially now because there's just so many things going on right now between you know the vid and like the pox and just just there's just so much going on in the world right now. So I just really wish everyone to be happy and healthy right now, especially during these times where it just seems like when things 
feel like they're going to get better, they don't. Um, so really just trying to stay optimistic and stay, you know, in good faith and really just making sure that I can do what I can in order to make sure that I am just happy and healthy, you know, physically, emotionally, things like that. But that's pretty much what's been going on with me. So I can get right into my foodie likes. So this week, I only have one foodie like that I'm going to be sharing with you all, but it is definitely a good one. So recently on one of my trips to Whole Foods, came across these chickpea chips it's from their uh, 365 by Whole Foods brand and really was intrigued. I kind of wanted to roll my eyes at them because I was like, again, like another food product that's capitalizing off of a food product that's like really popular right now. Um, but then I was like, well, I am a fan of like lentil chips and like quinoa chips and things like that. So I was like, OK, it's not like too far fetched from those things. So let's just give it a try. It's on sale, too, because that's like one of the factors it's like convinces me to try something new. So I was like, it's on sale. Like, let's try it. Worst case, you don't like it and it just gets stale and then you have to throw it out. Right. So I tried them and I was like, these actually taste really, really good. I also was kind of cautious because I thought that they might be too salty or something like that. And they definitely are not. So highly recommend trying them if you want a healthier alternative to potato chips. They definitely have a different texture to them. But I will say that if you like lentil chips, then I do think that you will like the chickpea chips. Another thing that I will say about them is that they pretty much taste really like plain like you know like when you have like a bean based chip then like sometimes like you can taste like accents of that bean within the chip and then it kind of tastes like really weird and you're like why am I eating this I feel like with this chip at least in my opinion I did not have that experience I felt like it tasted as close to a potato chip as you can get when it comes to these like legume based chips so highly recommend trying these if you can have chickpeas um they're dairy free they're gluten free they're vegan they're vegetarian so highly recommend trying these chips because they are just chef's kiss they are just so good I eat them while I am watching Love Island or The Bachelorette or any, you know, TV show that I'm watching. So highly recommend trying them out. But that is my foodie like that I want to share with you all this week. So let's get right into this week's allergy news article. <music> titled McDonald's customer says given no telling her to die after allergy cue which I'm assuming the cue is question so there was a customer that came into a UK McDonald's who was celiac she asked the staff at a McDonald's restaurant in Hampshire southern England whether um, their caramel galaxy mcflurry contained gluten and the person said that she was handed a copy of a mcdonald's allergen information guide and she saw that there was actually writing on it and there were figures like on the back and there was some writing on the front but she really couldn't like decipher like what 
was on it because she just opened it. Um, she didn't see like what was on like the cover or anything like that. And when she tried to hand the pamphlet back, a worker at the store, quote, had no clue what was written on it and told her to keep the guide. And she said that she first read the cover when she got home and written on the cover in black pen were the words F off and die. And first of all, when I first read this, I was like, really written on allergen information like are you kidding me and so the person was like it was very inappropriate and very very offensive and she said that you know it may be banter between you know the members of the staff but they should be really aware of what they're writing comments on and how really annoyed she felt with McDonald's um, and she felt like McDonald's was not really taking the matter seriously. And so a spokesperson from McDonald's said that they take allergens extremely seriously. And this incident is completely unacceptable and is in no way in keeping with our company values or what we expect from our employees. And they ended up like apologizing to the woman and said that she was now in touch, in touch with their customer service team. So at first glance, when I read this, I was like, this is absolutely crazy that people in a restaurant thought it was a good idea and even funny to write verbiage like that on an allergen information guide that is supposed to be available for customers to be able to look at if they're wanting to find out whether or not their allergen or allergens are present in the food items that they're actually interested in ordering off of the menu. And so for that type of verbiage to be on an allergy guide, that just makes me think that that's what they think about people who have food allergies. And like the woman said, it's very inappropriate, it's very offensive, and it's definitely something that should not be taken lightly. And again, this is another instance of people not really taking allergies and food allergies in specific as seriously as they should be and so in my opinion this is something that should not be acceptable at all and it's something that definitely you know requires some sort of training and allergy education because of it being in the food industry you're literally in the hospitality food restaurant industry dealing with handling and cooking and making and preparing people's foods and knowing that there's going to be a lot of allergens that are going to be potentially in the kitchen and in the same place where other foods are being prepared and made and cooked and so really making sure that you're providing that training in terms of you know cross-contamination cross-contact allergen information allergy education why you can't just pick something off and give it to a customer and you're like wait why did they have an allergic reaction buddy it's called cross contact you can't do that you can't serve somebody who has an allergy to cheese a cheeseburger and thinking that when the person complains about it and lets you know that hey I already said I have an allergy to milk why did you put cheese on my cheeseburger that picking it off and giving it back to the person is going to resolve the issue the issue is not solved the issue is just worse so hopefully this type of a story just brings a lot more awareness into why it's really important to have allergy education not only for people who don't have allergies just like in regular everyday life but especially when it comes to the restaurant and food industry as a whole and hopefully a lot of people just learn from this and know that this 
definitely is not okay, this type of behavior. But if you all want to check out this allergy news article in its full entirety, we will have it linked in our show notes so you all can take a look at it for yourselves. And definitely head over to the Oh My Allergies Instagram page if you're interested and giving your perspective. What do you all think? Do you think this type of behavior is okay? Do you think it's acceptable? If you work in the food industry, definitely would love to know if this is something that you have experienced, you know, being um, a person in customer service or being someone that works as a cook or something like that. And what your experience has been when it comes to allergens in the kitchen. But that is this week's allergy news. And with that being said, let's get right into today's topic, which is all about inflammation, all about allergies and specifically allergic inflammation. Like I say in these types of episodes, I'm not a doctor, um, I'm not a medical professional, nor do I claim to be either of those things. These are just things that I know from personal experience and research that I've done, and I encourage you all to do research on your own as well. In today's episode, I'm going to be doing like a deep dive into a symptom that is commonly associated with allergies, which is inflammation. Inflammation, it is a common symptom that is associated with allergies. So whether it's food allergies or environmental allergies or even skin allergies, you can experience inflammation of your sinuses, your eyes, your throat, or even your skin. Inflammation, I feel like, is like definitely one of those symptoms that can cause like a lot of discomfort and pain and cause you to really just be irritable because you're experiencing it. It's an inconvenience and it really just affects how you operate day to day. I thought it would be really cool and interesting to discuss specifically allergic inflammation and discuss the linkage of inflammation and allergies that they have with each other. So before we get into inflammation, I think it's kind of really good to have like a firm foundation in terms of like an allergy and like that response and like kind of going into inflammation. I recently actually came across a little bit of history behind the term allergy. It was actually coined by Clemens von Perquet in 1906 to actually call attention to the unusual tendencies of some people developing signs and symptoms of having like hypersensitivity reactions when they've been exposed to substances that are typically viewed as being harmless in an environment and it actually affecting around 10 to 30 percent of the world's population and allergies they are considered to be one of the most chronic health conditions in the world and it can range from mild to severe and in some cases as we've talked about on the podcast before whether it's me doing solo episodes or having people on the podcast allergies could be life-threatening and allergies it can affect literally anyone it doesn't matter your age your race your socioeconomic status your gender it really doesn't matter allergies allergies will come and get you and it doesn't really matter who and what you are so in its simplest form I've done pretty much a lot of episodes talking about what an allergy actually is at its root core but in its simplest terms an allergy is basically an overreaction by your immune system to a protein that it perceives as being a threat so for people that don't have allergies these proteins are harmless to them 
But if you have an allergy, your immune system sees these proteins as being dangerous invaders. So to drive that invader out, your immune system mobilizes all of its resources. So mucus to flush out the intruder, vomiting to force it out, diarrhea to expel it out quickly, just different conditions that may make you feel sick, but they're actually evidence that your body's attempts uh, to get well and to get better. Now, a key aspect of the immune response is known as inflammation. So you can think of inflammation as your body's natural response to really just protect itself against any sort of harm that is coming its way. So when a body uh, detects an intruder, it launches this immune response to try to remove it. And so the attacker could be a foreign body or a foreign substance like a thorn it could be an irritant like an allergen or it could be a pathogen like a bacteria viruses or other different things that can cause infection so sometimes the body mistakenly perceives its own cells and tissues as being harmful and that type of a reaction can actually lead to autoimmune diseases like type 1 diabetes things like that but once your immune system has been like activated about the intruder in quotes, your immune system sends out its first responders, which are known as chemicals like histamines, cytokines or leukotrienes. And these all stimulate more inflammatory cells. So inflammation, it is categorized as one of more of four classic symptoms. So redness, heat swelling and pain those are like the classic symptoms that are associated with inflammation now inflammation doesn't occur only in allergic reactions it flares up whenever your body feels threatened so it could be in response to a bruise in response to a cut bacteria a virus as well as otherwise like harmless substances like pollen dust or food and it's interesting that scientists believe that much of our immune system is actually found in our digestive tracts where many of these, you know, inflammatory reactions occur in like the form of like cramping, nausea, bloating, vomiting, and stomach aches. Now, when it comes to inflammation, there are actually two types of inflammation. There's acute inflammation and then there's chronic inflammation and you're probably more so familiar with the acute type of inflammation and that pretty much occurs when you like bang your knuckle on a door or you bang your knee or you stub your toe or you cut your finger in those instances your immune system dispatches like this army of white blood cells to surround and protect that particular area and that creates like this redness and swelling that is usually visible to the eye and this process works similarly if you have like an infection so in these types of situations inflammation is essential because without it injuries could fester and infections that could really be more so on the simple side could actually turn out to be more deadly so 
like I said, that's a little bit about acute inflammation, but pretty much it's like your response, your body's response to like sudden body damage. And it's usually something that's more so on the short term. It's like short term inflammation. And there's like five key signs of acute inflammation. So pain. So this may occur um, when a person is touching the affected area. Um, another sign is redness. So this happens because there's like an increase in the blood supply uh, that's going to that area, the affected area. Um, another sign is having this sense of like a loss of function. So you might have issues with breathing or being able to smell or being able to move a specific joint, swelling. So a condition called edema can actually develop if like fluid ends up building up in a specific area, um, heat. So having like this increased blood flow uh, to an area. So it's like warm to touch and it kind of almost feels like a little warm or hot in a way. Those are usually like the typical like key signs of acute inflammation but in some cases these signs are not always present and there are some cases where inflammation is like silent in a sense in those cases um, where there might not be those like obvious symptoms you might feel like tired or you might just be feeling like really out of it or you might have a fever those are some signs that could be um, associated with uh, inflammation um, that's being viewed as being like on silent when it comes to chronic inflammation, a uh, chronic inflammation, it really just comes down to inflammation that lasts more than just a few days. It can continue for months or it can continue for years and years on out. And that's when your body is continuing to send inflammatory cells, even when there is not any sort of outside danger coming its way. So there are a lot of different conditions out there that are usually associated with chronic inflammation and allergies tends to fall within that bucket. But some other uh, conditions are cardiovascular disease, diabetes, arthritis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis. Those are conditions that usually fall within that chronic inflammation bucket. So speaking of chronic inflammation, that kind of is a really good segue into allergic inflammation. So allergic inflammation develops when you have been exposed to allergens and you've developed an allergen-induced immune response and it can lead to a lot of different conditions it can lead to asthma it can lead to allergic rhino conjunctivitis it can lead to anaphylaxis it can lead to eczema urticaria the list can go on and on and on now when it comes to allergies when you are either persistently or repeatedly exposed to allergens that your body views as being invaders intruders as being harmful even though the substances may not actually be harmful can result in chronic allergic inflammation and that's kind of like the irony of an allergic reaction is like having an allergic reaction and that inflammatory response that's connected to it it's really like your body's attempt to protect itself but it can actually cause severe harm to yourself. So it's like your body's thinking it's doing a good thing and you're like, body, like, what are you doing to myself? Like, you're really causing a lot of chaos and a lot of harm to it by trying to protect it. 
So like for the sake of like environmental allergies, each time like you may sneeze or your child may sneeze or they show some sort of a symptom to a, an allergic reaction, their body is reacting to the allergen. So specifically, the immune system makes immunoglobin E antibodies to the allergens, which then causes mast cells to release chemicals like histamines, cytokines and leukotrienes to fight off the allergen. So pretty much the reaction between immunoglobin E and the allergen is what is triggering an allergic reaction. And that same process is kind of similar to when it comes to food allergies. The one difference when it comes to food allergies is that a person is more likely to have skin symptoms and gastrointestinal symptoms like vomiting, cramps, nausea, things like that, than um, a person who has like an, an inhalant allergy, one that's involving inhaling an allergen. When it comes to what's causing the inflammatory reaction, um, symptoms may also combine for like kind of like a flu-like effect. So get the fever, chills, loss of energy, a headache, loss of appetite, things like that, joint stiffness. And one thing that I think is important to remember when you're thinking of inflammation and allergies is that every allergic reaction triggers inflammation but not every inflammatory response is due to an allergy. And that's because inflammation, like I said earlier, is tied to so many other health conditions and chronic conditions out there. But I think it's really interesting, like this relationship between inflammation and allergies, because inflammation is going to be involved in allergic reaction because of what the purpose of inflammation is it's supposed to be a good thing but it can cause severe harm to yourself especially if it's in an instance where it's attacking other parts of your body like cells and tissues or in the case of allergies where it's causing you to not be able to breathe because it's making your throat close up or it's causing you not to be able to breathe through your nose and so you have to breathe out of your mouth or even causing, you know, any joint pain and stiffness um, because of your allergies, which I think is another thing that people don't even think about, is how allergies can affect so many aspects of your life and your quality of life. And also one thing to keep in mind when it comes to allergies and inflammation is although a lot of the inflammation that comes from an allergic reaction is our own body trying to protect itself there are a lot of other factors that can even make us even more inflamed it can actually worsen our allergies which I've done a few episodes on a lot of these different triggers so definitely check out our other episodes did an episode about how you know stress can actually make your allergies worse how different foods can make your allergies worse and that's because those types of outside factors can actually make us more inflamed. Therefore, they can worsen our allergies. So really, it comes down to really figuring out what are different things in your life that can really help with minimizing your stress response, you know, and the things that you're eating that could be contributing to that so whether it's emotional stress that you're dealing with at work or at home or you're eating a lot of sugar or processed foods or you're just not even getting that much sleep. 
those are things that can actually contribute to making your allergies be even worse because of inflammation. And that's because when our stress levels are like skyrocket high, our brain starts telling our body to create these hormones and release these hormones like cortisol and chemicals like histamine and other neurotransmitters and that can actually make us more inflamed and create more congestion within our nasal passages and even make asthma worse for us for those of us who experience asthma and are affected by asthma and so there are a few different ways and methods to be able to help with redirecting our immune system and help with calming down the inflammatory response and really help with lessening the allergy symptoms that we experience. Now, one thing that came to mind as I was really reflecting on allergies and inflammation was even though inflammation is supposed to be this like good thing for our body because it's supposed to help with protecting our body, is it really a good idea to kind of try to reduce it and trying to get rid of it altogether? In my opinion, definitely, this is definitely my opinion. I feel like there's a fine line with inflammation supposed to be being a good thing, but then at the same time, if it's causing you like severe harm and really is affecting the way that you are able to operate day to day, then really it's important to find that healthy balance of calming down the inflammatory response rather than trying to get rid of it as a whole. Some ways that you can help with calming down that response and lessening your allergy symptoms, one way is changing how you deal with stress. Um, there's a lot of different studies that are out there that are showing that utilizing, you know, methods like journaling about different stressful things that you're dealing with and using like this imagery of having like a positive role um, when it comes to allergy management or asthma management really can be helpful. So whether you're doing, you know, like deep breathing, those are things that can really help with asthma. Um, those are things that I've actually felt has helped me with being able to manage my stress better because of stress being able to make your allergies worse. And I definitely have an episode on that. So we will make sure that's linked in our show notes. But it's definitely something to keep in mind that inflammation from within is not the only factor when it comes to our allergies. And we can control other outside factors that can make us be even more inflamed in order to not make the inflammation a lot worse than it actually um, can be. So another way that you can kind of like redirect your immune system and help with calming down that inflammatory response that you may experience due to your allergies is really upping the amount of antioxidants that are present within your current diet. And that's because of antioxidants really are found in a lot of different foods, whether it's fruits, vegetables, and even spices can really help with reducing inflammation and protecting the cells in your body against any sort of free radicals. And that's because psychological stress can actually increase the free radical damage. And there's been studies that have like shown that eating diets that are really rich in different sources of like vitamin C 
and vitamin E can really reduce the immune imbalances as well as help with any sort of allergic reaction response that you are experiencing. And so vitamin D actually is one of the most common vitamin deficiencies in the world. And that is really a significant uh, vitamin because it's been found to be like an important immune modulator. They are substances that can really help with supporting immune function by modifying your immune system's response to a threat and really just playing an important role in reducing, you know, the allergic response and specifically allergic asthma. So really upping the antioxidants that are present within your diet. There's a lot of different foods out there. So like a couple examples are like berries, dark chocolate, green tea, cherries, you know, those are a few. Um, also, I think off the top of my head, I'm thinking like spinach is also another one that is really rich in antioxidants and anti-inflammatory components. Um, I think like spinach can actually prevent like cellular damage too. So I'm not really a big fan of spinach, but I know it's like one of those foods that's kind of like, well, it's really good for you. But I'm like, I just have not really had a really great relationship with spinach. But if you are a person who is not a big fan of spinach, um, there's also some other vegetables out there like Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, broccoli. Uh, those are also really great foods that have like a lot of different anti-inflammatory properties in them. So definitely have an episode where I talk through a lot of other different foods that are pretty good for being able to help with maximizing your antioxidants so definitely we will have that episode linked in our show notes but definitely maximizing your antioxidants will really be able to help you out now another tip and thing that I really think is important to really keep in mind when having this conversation around allergies and inflammation and like that link and relationship between the two and that is having a healthy gut and having healthy gut bacteria and building that up. And that's because actually about 70% of the entire immune system is actually found in the gut. And actually the levels of good bacteria that are in our gut at such an early age can really determine how our immune system develops over time and therefore whether we are actually likely to develop allergies to food allergies, environmental allergies, other airborne allergens, things like that. And so adding in probiotic foods such as, you know, saucercrot, kimchi will really help with maximizing your gut immunity. And also, you know, looking into taking, you know, good quality probiotics really can significantly improve your immunity and help with reducing allergic rhinitis. And so, yes, it's really important to feed your gut good bacteria and really building up your healthy gut bacteria but it's also important to keep that good bacteria happy by adding in prebiotic fibers within your diet so um, things like chicory um, raw Jerusalem artichoke things like that can really help with providing that healthy balance to make sure that you're feeding that good bacteria and keeping it happy. 
So my other tip is actually connected to the previous tip that I just gave speaking about food is really, you know, if you find that inflammation is something that you're really trying to be a lot more mindful of is to make your diet as anti-inflammatory as possible. And so a good way to do that is to incorporate things like omega-3 fatty acids. So that can come from oily fish like salmon and sardines those things can actually play a strong anti-inflammatory role when it comes to allergies and asthma. Um, you can also look into taking fish oil supplements for omega-3. Those can also be beneficial for decreasing allergic symptoms. There's also some other things out there like curcumin from turmeric root, uh, that has been shown to help with a lot of different inflammatory diseases like eczema and asthma. So there are a lot of different ways that you can make your diet a lot more anti-inflammatory and really being able to just do your research and really find things that are the best fit for you and your family and how to be able to kind of weave different types of foods and supplements if need be um, depending on your situation and always you know make sure that you're communicating with your medical professionals and your doctor healthcare practitioner um, to just really make sure that you are doing what's best for you and your health and for your body. Now, this last tip is more so geared towards my people that have environmental allergies like myself, and it's to keep your sinuses clear, preferably with things that are geared more towards the natural side of the spectrum. That is because there are a lot of different pharmaceutical sprays out there that really dry out and thin out your nasal membranes, and in turn, it can make your symptoms actually a lot worse. So some really great natural ways to help with clearing out your sinuses, one one that's really obvious is to drink more fluids, preferably water. You just want to make sure that you're staying hydrated to help your sinuses with draining and really just staying away from a drink that could really cause you to become dehydrated. Um, you can also flush out your sinuses with some sort of a saline spray or a salt water rinse if using something like a neti pot is more so your thing. I personally don't like neti pots that much. I just find them to be really, really gross. But I know that there's a lot of people that find a lot of relief in them. And also, I don't know if you guys have listened to this past episode where we had uh, Dr. Mun and Shaw, but in that episode, I really talk about how when it comes to neti pots, I just feel like I'm drowning. So I usually don't go towards them. I more so am a person that leans towards saline sprays. Um, another tip is to add eucalyptus to really, really hot water and breathing in those vapors because eucalyptus is known for providing relief to your sinuses and it also contains antioxidants so it can really help with your immune system. Um, another thing that I know really has been helpful for me is having peppermint. Peppermint oil is really good. It helps with relaxing your muscles and your respiratory system. You can have it in tea form, so it's a really good option as well. And then another tip is to have apple cider vinegar. I know there's some people that are kind of split on apple cider vinegar where they're like, it doesn't really taste that good. I don't want to try it. I know there's so many different things out there to help with people being able to um, stomach eating and consuming apple cider vinegar. But if you're one of the people like myself that doesn't mind apple cider vinegar, you can add it to eight ounces 
of hot water or you can add it to tea. You can add like two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. That can really help with being able to clear out and relieve any types of issues that you're having with your sinuses. But those are the tips that I want to share with you all. And hopefully you found this episode to be really helpful. And if you did, make sure that you hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure to give us a follow on our Instagram page. Our Instagram is at Oh My Allergies. My Instagram is at Oh My Valencia. Make sure you take the time to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hopefully that rating is five stars. It really helps with being able to grow our community, reach new ears, reach new peeps, and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys.